This morning, our scripture lesson comes from Genesis 28, beginning in verse 10. Jacob left Beersheba and went to Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. And he dreamed that there was a ladder set up on the earth, the top of it reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And the Lord stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. And your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. And you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. Know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So Jacob rose early in the morning. And he took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on the top of it. He called that place Bethel. This is the word of God for the people of God. So let me review with you for a moment this family that is in this covenant relationship with God. You may remember that Abram felt this call of God calling him, prompting him to move and leave his father's land and the place where he had grown up and go to another land with this promise of being given land and being given children and descendants. And so many, in fact, the promise says that through Abram, who became Abraham during his journey with God, the whole earth would be blessed. All the families, all the nations, all the people of the earth would be blessed by God through the faithfulness that Abraham was called to show. Well, he responds to these promptings from God. Then Abraham and Sarah marry and have their son Isaac. It's not without struggle and frustration, but finally they have the promised child to carry on. This promises to fulfill the promise. Isaac grows. Isaac marries Rebekah. And they have twins, Jacob and Esau. Jacob is the youngest, but he becomes the one that we realize as we read these stories in Genesis that will carry on this covenant relationship with God. Esau is the older brother, but Jacob takes his birthright, takes his blessing from his father, until finally Esau is so fed up, so enraged about losing what he feels like is rightly his, he declares he's going to go find Jacob and kill him. It is not a great situation. You'll remember, perhaps, if you were with us a couple of weeks ago, Reverend Venable was preaching. She introduced us to Rebecca, was back in the 24th chapter of Genesis. At that point, Rebecca is shown as someone of exemplary character. She offers this tremendous, extravagant hospitality and generosity when she has this opportunity to. She becomes the wife and moves into this family. But now, as we read these stories in this chapter, we find that they are dysfunctional. They are a broken family. People are not getting along and not being honest. They're deceiving each other. There's greed breaking out all through them. But it reminds us 
that there are no perfect families, that all families over time have their moments, have their relationships that are broken, that are dysfunctional, that create struggle and heartache and woundedness within families. Of course, it also reminds us that God's people are not a perfect people. We are never perfect people, even if we are trying our best to follow God, even if we are in a relationship with God as Jacob is, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob carrying these covenant promises with God, and yet they are clearly not perfect people. We are broken people seeking wholeness in God. We are broken people seeking healing in Christ. We are broken people who come together, though, as a community of faith, as followers of Christ. And in that coming together and being part of that community, we look for God to heal us and make us whole and to bless us. These stories in Genesis make that so clear. Today, the story focuses on Jacob. He is clearly not a perfect person and clearly does not come from a family that is full of love and kindness toward each other. Nevertheless, Jacob is one, at least at moments in his life, where he is really sensitive to God. He listens and is attentive to God. If you read the whole course of these stories you recognize this juxtaposition between people who want to be faithful and respond to God at some points in their lives and other points are not even listening or paying any attention to God and are acting contrary to anything we might think is good in life Jacob right now as we read about him in this chapter 28 is a man who is full of deception and greed, has taken the birthright and the blessing from his older brother, deceived his father to get it, and now he's on the run because he knows his brother wants to kill him, and yet he has a hope for a better future. He's on the run, but he's also looking for a wife. He's looking for someone to marry. While he's on that journey away, trying to get away from his brother, and yet looking to the future and looking for some one to marry a strange thing happens to him he is alone in the wilderness and one night while he's sleeping he has this dream we know it as jacob's ladder it's this dream that somehow there is a ladder or a staircase or some of the biblical commentators say we would best understand it if we would think of steps leading up to a royal palace broad steps lots of steps and when Jacob is dreaming this, he sees it going from earth to heaven. That the angels or the messengers of God are moving between earth and heaven. And no matter how you imagine it or visualize it, the key here is to recognize that Jacob is understanding that this represents God with him. This recognize, He's recognizing in this dream that God's presence is with him, that even though he's engaged in such despicable behavior, God is still seeking a relationship with him. He receives in this dream the same promises that Abraham and Isaac, his grandfather and father, have received. I want to read them to you again. It says, the land on which you lie, this is God speaking in the dream, I will give to you and to your offspring, 
and your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth that is plentiful so plentiful that they'll spread abroad to the west and the east and the north and to the south and even more it says and all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring it's the same promises that abraham and isaac had heard from god and now jacob becomes the one who senses god is working in him can you see how god is at work here to bring blessings in the midst of brokenness not only blessings to jacob but to the entire human family god is at work wanting to bless each and every one of us and we don't have to be perfect to recognize or to receive this god who's coming to us this story makes it clear as do the others in genesis that these are not perfect people oh they're in a covenant relationship with god but they make all kinds of mistakes along the way jacob is no different than the others in all of his brokenness he recognizes god coming to him you might call it in theological terms radical grace or the unconditional love of God that is offered to you and me. These stories are trying to make it clear that God is seeking us, that God pursues us, that God wants a relationship with us. Can you believe that? Can you believe that even when you are at your worst, God is pursuing you? Can you believe that God still loves you even when you mess up, even when you've made mistakes, even when you're ashamed of your own behavior? Can you believe this God still loves you? Will you let yourself believe that God can still see the best in you? Can you even go that step further and believe that God wants to use you to bless others, that God wants to work in your life for good? This story today encourages us to believe in a God like that, that loves us so much that this God continues to come to us even when we are not at our best. These covenant promises that we've been reading about with these other characters throughout Genesis are repeated today in this passage. Jacob hears them again. Listen in verse 15 during the dream. He hears this no that i am with you again this is god speaking to him know that i am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for i will not leave you until i have done what i have promised you god is faithful god is coming to jacob jacob is recognizing god pursuing him even in these difficult circumstances God wants to do good work in you and through you, just as God's trying to work in and through Jacob. These Genesis stories over and over are trying to reveal to us who God is and what God wants for us and what God is asking from us in this relationship. But over and over, despite the ups and downs of their life experiences, the theological point that comes through is that God is a trustworthy and reliable partner. That if we are willing to engage in this covenant relationship with God, it will change our lives. You can count on God. That's the point that's reiterated over and over is that you can count 
on God. You hear it in Jacob's response in verse 16. Then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. Jacob is leading a life that is not exemplary. He's on the run. And yet he recognizes God coming to visit him in this dream. He recognizes God being with him, sending him this message, inviting him to continue to be in this covenant. But he not only recognizes God in that way, but he recognizes God in a second way. When he wakes up, he takes this rock that's been next to him or he's been sleeping on as a pillow, stands it up vertically, pours oil on it. For he wants, not only for himself, but anybody who sees it to remember that God is with us. Surely God is in this place and I did not know it. Jacob exclaims, God is there with him. He wants to remember it. He wants to hold on to this feeling, this dream he's had, that God is coming to the earth from heaven, that God wants to pursue him and be in relationship with him. Certainly those promises are echoing in his mind as he's standing this pillar up and pouring the oil on it to say this is not any stone but this is a special stone that's to help us remember to remind us who God is and that God is with you surely that promise know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go is echoing in the back of his mind even as he performs this ritual and creates this sacred space that he might remember who God is and how much God loves him and that he can have a better life if he will respond in faith to this God who's coming to him. Let me tell you a story about a prison pre-release program. There was a felon in the program by the name of Terry. She had done all the things the program had asked of her and she had finally risen to a position where she was working in the business office of one of their enterprises one day she got a phone call asking her to gather some data put it on a disc and bring it to a manager who was one of her supervisors she has done so she's on her way taking this disc from her office over through the other office and she realizes that she's walking with a different kind of purpose that she's walking with a deliberate and serious pace and this is surprising to her because she says she remembers that from the time she was a child she had developed on purpose this gate where she kind of sauntered along trying to indicate to anybody around I'm a bad kid and I do what I want don't mess with me Even though that attitude in some ways had protected her, it had also gotten her into so much trouble that by a teen, she was engaging with law enforcement regularly. She ended up in jail. And then finally, on one of the times where she was out, there was an incident in a bar, and she ends up being convicted of manslaughter. She has served years in prison, and now she's out in this pre-release program trying to, to get her life together and so you can see why she is surprised because she's lived most of her life with this attitude nobody tells me what to do I do what I want I watch out for me but on that afternoon she is walking with great purpose to another person's office 
and a tear comes down her cheek. She says she remembers thinking, this is not me. What the heck is this? But she said she had begun to have feelings over the course of these 19 months. She's been in this pre-release program. Feelings that she didn't recognize. Finding joy in helping others. Learning to cooperate and be a part of a team. Beginning to trust some others as they give her positive affirmation as she made small but significant steps toward putting her life back together. You can understand why she was surprised. Her whole life had been contrary to what she was experiencing. And then that afternoon, these tears came while she's walking all alone. She said she thought about it all afternoon. And it finally came to her. She said, I realized what was different. I cared. I cared about other people. I cared about getting the data that was requested and taking it to the person and being there on time. I care. It was a transformative moment in Terry's life. Terry's transformation reminds us that people can change. That when we come into a community, even if we are broken, love and care and support and encouragement make a difference in terms of how we experience ourselves and how we experience our lives. We begin to grasp a vision that we can do better, that life can be better, that the world in which we're living can create an experience that's more redemptive, that's more caring, that's more full of love and joy. Terry was recognizing that while she worked through this program. In theological language, we might say that what this indicates is that God's grace and mercy are always available. In everyday parlance, we might just say we know we can count on God because God never gives up on any of us. That's Jacob's insight when he awakes from that dream is that life can be better than what he's living, that he can do better and that God is with him and wants to help him do this thing. And so he stands this stone on its end to remind him that God is with him and leading him into a better life. Are you ready for a better life? Are you ready to awake to God's presence alive in your life in a fresh way? That's what happened when Jacob wakes up. Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So Jacob rose early in the morning, and he took the stone that he had put under his head, and he set it up for a pillar and poured oil on the top of it. He called that place Bethel, which means this is the house of God. Amen.